how much you may want it to be different, you have needs. Every being in existence has needs. Instead of getting lost in the argument about whether need is a dirty word because it implies lack, let's just define what a need is. A need is something that is required in order to live, be successful, or slash and be happy. You can't unrequire something that is required. And you can't talk yourself into seeing how it's unnecessary. So you have one option when it comes to meeting your needs. That's to meet them. I want to repeat this for maximum impact. When it comes to your needs, you have one option. That is to meet your needs. Why is meeting your needs your one option? Because if you don't meet that need consciously, it will be met subconsciously. This is, in fact, what all manipulation is. Now, when we use the word manipulation, we have a tendency of feeling like that's a dirty word. Manipulation implies that somebody's bad, that they're malevolent. But that's really not what manipulation is about. Manipulation is about somebody who can't ask for their needs up front. And so instead of asking for their needs up front, they're getting their needs in roundabout ways. With manipulation, we are trying to influence others to do what we want them to do so our needs get met. For example, a person who needs to feel safe but who cannot ask directly to be protected may create a situation where they have to be rescued by someone else, or they may paint the false picture that they are in danger so other people will step up and offer their protection. Or a person who needs help or needs to feel supported but who can't ask directly for help or support may develop an illness that makes it so people have to help or support them. Or a person who needs to feel accepted but who can't seek out that directly will become a chameleon to try to influence people to accept him or her. Every single one of us uses manipulation. The question is, to what degree are we conscious of that manipulation? To help you out, I'm going to give you some small hints about ways that people can potentially manipulate others. Lying, dropping hints, guilting others, self-sacrificing, being passive-aggressive or using emotional punishment, flattering people insincerely, being a chameleon, being seductive, making false promises, doing favors, making yourself out to be the victim, and making threats, etc. There's many more, I assure you. Keep in mind that we all use what we have, so we will usually manipulate people with whatever is working to our advantage. For example, a spiritual medium may use their abilities to divine messages for you from God simply to keep you dependent on them and thus guarantee that you will never leave them. Manipulation does not make you a bad person. But I dare you to look at your life and to see the ways that you might be manipulating people. Ask yourself, how do I manipulate? In what ways do I ensure that I will get the reaction I want from others instead of just asking for what I want up front? In what ways do I think I can meet other people's needs just so that they can meet mine? Manipulation will always feel out of alignment with your own sense of personal integrity. 
because if you're manipulating, you're not being upfront with your authenticity. A good question to ask yourself is, what in my life do I do that causes me pain that I can't stop doing and I can't seem to get over? For example, somebody might be caused pain by the fact that they are a cutter. They cut themselves, it never goes well for them, and yet they can't stop doing it. We have to look at what they might be getting out of it. Potentially, when a person cuts themselves, all the people around them finally pay attention with an attitude of concern. So what we may not understand is that subconsciously, cutting is our way of manipulating people so that we can get our need for their conscious attention. In other words, cutting might be a way of meeting our need to be seen and understood. Also, I want you to think back on your childhood and the culture you grew up in. And I want you to think about what needs and wants were not okay to need and want in my childhood. We tend to manipulate the most around needs and wants that we feel are not okay needs and wants to have in the first place. And once you figure out what those particular needs and wants are, I'll give you a hint. If you live in today's world, most of the needs and wants that you think are not okay are emotional needs. I want you to ask yourself relative to every one of those needs, how am I getting that need met in my life currently? This can tip you off to some ways that you're manipulating. Stopping ourselves from manipulating is difficult for one main reason. To stop manipulating, we have to be willing to be brave enough to be incredibly vulnerable because we have to admit to needs that we think are not okay to need. Once we become conscious of our manipulation, it no longer feels good to do that manipulative thing that we are doing. So what you'll notice is that you'll naturally find ways of replacing your way of meeting that need. When you catch yourself in the act of manipulating, you can ask yourself, what is it that I am trying to get by doing this? And then you can choose to express that need directly instead or meet that need directly in another way. Get in touch with what you want and with what you need. In increments throughout the day, it's a good idea to pause and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Or what do I want right now? And let yourself go get that thing. If you're truly out of touch with what you want and need, go look up on the internet a list of needs, emotional needs, a list of physical needs, a list of mental needs. And then you can make your own sheet where you take those lists and then out of those lists compile the needs that you have specifically for you. Then what you can do if you feel negatively is that you can go to the list and you can pick out whatever need it is that you need at that specific time and you can find ways to meet it or have that need be met by other people. In my intentional community, what we do is that sometimes members of the community will grab these lists and bring it up to a person and have them choose what need they have off of that particular list and then we are the ones that meet that need. It's a fun connecting activity. Another good thing to do is to allow your inner child to choose what it needs and to meet your inner child's needs throughout the day. Keep in mind that the inner child is much better at selecting its needs off of a list than it is about verbalizing them. With each and every need, you can brainstorm ways to meet the need yourself and also have the need met by others. Involve other people in this brainstorming task if you get stuck. Also, if you are truly clueless about your needs and wants, take a look at what you know you don't want because to the other side of those aversions are preferences.
You may have heard of the concept of the hungry ghost. It's basically the same concept as greed. That if you start feeding the need, the need will just get bigger and it will never be satiated and all you will want is more and more and more. I'm going to tell you today that the truth couldn't be any farther from that if we tried. Imagine for once the idea that if you met a need, the need would be met. Imagine that if you meet a need, you might actually feel satiated. The truth is, greed is not a natural state because starvation is not a natural state. If one's needs were met consistently, one would not become concerned with the self-centered desire to hoard resources. Hoarding only occurs in the presence of fear and scarcity. So, not meeting your needs is a great way to become greedy. I want you to keep in mind that no need is too childish. We love to tell ourselves that the desire or the need to be held or the desire or need to be comforted is a childish need, and so we should deny it because we're not children, we're adults. This could also not be farther from the truth, because the reality is, if we have what we would consider childish needs in adulthood, that means that those needs were not met in childhood, and if they are not met, we never actually mature beyond that point. Also, it may be tempting to think that if we start to meet the needs of the inner child as an adult, the inner child will never be satiated. But it will, and the result of satiating the inner child's need is that the inner child grows up. In other words, if needs were not met for us in our childhoods, they need to be met now in order for us to grow up. And as a side note, going back to what I said originally, if we don't meet those childish needs we will find a way to get them met. It's just in roundabout ways when our subconscious mind is in control. Now, I want to tell you something which might shock you. The majority of sexual fetishes on this earth are in fact just manifestations of unfulfilled childhood needs. I'll tell you a personal story. When I was a child, I was not protected. And I found out some years ago that I felt really unsafe most especially unsafe when I was sleeping at night. So what I did, instead of manipulate, is I asked one of my housemates directly to sleep in the same bed as me. And what I found the next morning is that I felt a lot more secure, more capable and independent. So I'm going to ask you a question about this scenario. Would it have been better to deny this need because it was childish? And would it have made me a better person? You may think that you are needless, wantless, or anti-dependent. You may think you don't need anything from anyone, but in this world you are dependent on other people and other things. You need them and they need you. This doesn't mean you're powerless to them. When you are in a space of thinking you don't need anyone or anything, you are too afraid to be vulnerable, and so you don't ask for what you need. And so, the subconscious runs the show, getting you what you need in all kinds of roundabout and highly manipulative ways that you may not even recognize. The reality is it's very frightening to admit to our needs, especially the ones that have to be met through other people. It's most especially frightening because the other person could say no. But let me ask you this question. If you admitted to the things you actually genuinely need, wouldn't your life look a little bit different? Wouldn't the people who could meet those needs gravitate to you, while the people who couldn't meet those needs would gravitate away from you? Besides, guess what? It makes us happy to meet each other's needs. What if we actually need to need each other? Interesting concept. 
you will find, once you start expressing your needs, that often people's needs are met by meeting our own needs. For example, one of us might feel happy when we're meeting someone's need for comfort, because meeting their need for comfort may in fact meet our need for connection. The flip side of this coin is that someone else might feel like meeting someone's need for comfort is about as pleasurable as getting their teeth pulled, because meeting their need for comfort may in fact conflict with their need for autonomous achievement. The moral of the story is, select people and surround yourself with people whose needs are met by meeting your needs. Let the people who have conflicting needs gravitate away from you. That's how the world is supposed to work anyways. You might just be surprised. The people in your reality might just be excited to finally know what you need and to finally be able to meet your needs. And so the question remains for you. What needs do I like to meet in other people? And for those of you who are wondering, what do I do if my partner in life, or my spouse, or my lover, doesn't want to meet the needs that I have? Ideally, your needs would be met through various people, not just one. In fact, powerless dependence happens most often when one person is your sole resource for getting all of your needs met. But you have to be very honest with yourself about what needs you specifically want to have met by a partner and which ones you're okay with getting through other people. This is an individual preference. And if you find that the needs you specifically want to have met by a partner cannot be met through your partner, let yourself find another partner. Honoring a person by allowing them to say no to meeting your needs lets you put them in the proper place in your life. If you have certain needs that you need to have come through your spouse in order to consider them a spouse or a partner, and they can't meet those needs, then they would probably be a better friend than spouse. For example, if one of your needs in a partnership is emotional availability and your partner can't be emotionally available, you can now choose to take them out of the role of partner and place them in a friendship role in your life. Or you can choose to try to talk yourself out of having that need in a partner. Usually doesn't work. Or you can choose to stay unfulfilled in the partnership. But in my opinion, it's better not to make each other miserable, resenting each other for things you aren't providing for each other for year upon year. To expand upon the idea of needs, I want you to listen to my video on YouTube titled The Zebra and the Watering Hole. I also want you to watch my video on YouTube titled Dependence versus Independence. There is nothing spiritual about denying yourself of the things you want and need. Letting yourself have what you want and need does not turn you into a selfish, entitled, or otherwise bad person. Letting yourself have what you need is food for the soul. So my challenge for you this week is to look at the ways that you're manipulating in order to get your needs met and use that to define what your needs actually are and then be brave enough to go for those needs directly. Meet your needs this week. This will be difficult because it will require you to be vulnerable. But it will also place you squarely in your authenticity and... It will give you your best shot yet at actually being nourished. Have a good week.